You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. So Langray, pick up where you left off. All right. So I believe in the last uh, segment, we were talking about your pastor telling me when I was single not to settle for Ishmael, but to wait for Isaac. And I was getting ready to say about the, the danger of counterfeits, right? So this is going circling back to why um, just a something that you touched on in the last episode about the importance of having your deal breakers and the importance of when you are single, being very clear on who you are, kind of what would work for you, what, you know, you absolutely couldn't tolerate, like letting the Lord show you who you are, like, and just accept you for who you are. Like, if you know that you cannot stand somebody who curses or drinks, like that is a deal breaker for your smokes, whatever, you have to be clear about that. Like, don't compromise when somebody is presented to you and they're over here high as a kite. Like, if that's something that's a deal breaker for you, then let that deal breaker boundary, that standard stand. And I really want women to feel confident and empowered to have boundaries and standards. Like, I just think that you are so worth maintaining your boundaries your standards. You're not being high maintenance. You're not asking for too much. Like, no, walk with the confidence that you know who you are in Christ, that you belong to him. And that these are the things that are going to work for you, especially when it comes to marriage and who you lay in a bed with every single night for the rest of your days. But going back to counterfeits, you know, counterfeits tend to have, because enemy is so crafty. They tend to have a lot of the things that you want but are missing those key things. So I remember before I met Robin, there was this guy. He was a um, flight attendant for Delta. I met him in, I think I was going to Atlanta at the time, our paths crossed, whatever. We exchanged numbers. And he was like so interested in me. And because he was a flight attendant, he at one point, he knew, he knew Bermudian. Um, he had Bermudian friends. So he flew to Bermuda to take me on a date. I was like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is to the next level. And uh, keep in mind, my boundary was, I am not having sex until marriage. I have, you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and savior. You know, there were some, there were deal breakers. And so although I was very flattered that this guy had done this, mind you, it co- when I think about it in hindsight, I'm like, it cost him nothing. This is what he does he does for a living but at the time I was like wow really going out of out of his way as I talked to him more and more he did not have a relationship with the Lord and that was number 1 but he was he liked to work out he was well traveled um what were some of my other deal breakers I had quite a few but like I said counterfeits come and they have they're close to the truth they're close to what you want but they're missing those key things and 
a lot of times when those situations happen, it can be so hard to kind of like reel your emotions back in, especially when you've been single and you're like, oh, I want this to be it so bad. And you can almost fall into the trap of settling because you're like, well, well, seven out of 10, you know, well, it's kind of there. And everything in you, the Holy Spirit is just like, no, 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 it's a mirage. It's a fantasy. Don't believe it. Exit, stage, right, block, delete, say no. And I remember having to do that. I was like, listen, I think you're a great guy, but you're going to be great for someone else. You're not for me. And I don't want to waste your time and block you from meeting your wife, the woman who is perfect from you. So I'm just going to tell you like, it was great knowing you. I hope that you have a blessed life. And if, because you're not pursuing me to be my friend, you're pursuing me because you have an interest in me. I have to kind of say like, this isn't the direction that I'm going. And scroll forward by taking that stance. And, you know, it's funny that when I obeyed that conviction and I said, this isn't it, I had so much peace after I was like, okay, woo, you know, thank God, you know, I dodged a bullet in a sense. Thank God for the protection. And now scrolling forward, I mean... My husband ticked all the boxes from our first meetup. I won't say from day one because we text for like three weeks. But the first meetup when I kind of, I kind of drilled him a little bit. I was like, do you love Jesus? Do you believe in having sex before marriage? How long do you want to date something? Not like that. But I was like, how long do you want to date someone before you get married? I was a lot more gentle in my approach, but these were important questions to ask. And he was, he was spot on. And I was like, this is why God had me wait. Mm -hmm. This is exactly why. Oh my goodness. When you started <laughs> about the counterfeit, I almost fell off my chair when you said um, that he flew in to take you on the date because lo and behold, we have similar stories. Okay. Yeah. So I remember getting a prophetic word that my husband was coming. Let's be about prophetic words. Okay. Prophetic words don't tend to be specific, right? Sometimes. So your husband is coming is correct. He was coming. It didn't mean the next person to come along was my husband. That was two, two different things. That's where and people get messed up. That this is it. And it's funny because I had the prophetic word that my husband was coming for a while. And then I had a prophetic word that the next man to come into my life was my husband. Two, two different things. So I didn't know that at the time because all I'm like, yes, my husband is coming. So I'm talking to, um, I'm in a travel group on Facebook because I love to travel and I, you know, can travel by myself with people, love it. And I meet this guy and we start talking, right? And I was like, this must be it because my husband is coming. So I'm yes. excited, but he doesn't live here. He lives in Florida. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we'll see. So he decides that he does want to fly here and take me out on a date. Okay, sure. If that's what you want to do, go for it. Lo and behold, he flies here to take me out on a date. He plans this beautiful date into a, a part of my island that I have never seen before. So, you know, I'm just smitten, right? And he like oh well while I'm here I might as well meet your parents and I was like okay now we have different styles of growing up I think between Bermuda and America Bermuda meet your parents isn't really a big thing because the island is small that's usually your first question who are your people like who are your parents where do you come from so for somebody to meet your parents it's not oh my god she's meeting my parents at least not for Bermudians yeah for him it was a big thing for me I'm like all my boyfriends knew my parents Right. Bermuda. How could they, like, you can't, if you I, walk down the street with, I walk down the street with some man as a grown woman and somebody will text my dad and say, I saw your daughter with some man. Who's that? Like, it's, it's just natural. It's a small island. We're only 65,000 people. Right. So he took it to be this big thing. And you know, my, my, my stepmom was like, oh, he's all right. And my dad was like, yeah, he's okay. And my mom was like, mm -hmm. like she always is. <laughs> and I remember her, her word over my, over my life was that 
my spouse would not be emotionally bankrupt, spiritually bankrupt, financially bankrupt, physically bankrupt, and something Amen. else. So all, all areas, that's what he wouldn't be. Somebody, somebody needs to adopt that as their prayer. Pray that for your husband. Listen, I, you know what? I'm going to post it on Instagram so you guys can capture it and keep it. But it, it was true what she was saying. And I remember, you know, and I'm all excited and I feel like this man is spoiling me. We don't live in the same place, but, you know, we're always talking on the phone, um, on FaceTime in November. I remember of that year, he was just like, okay, do you want to meet me in Atlanta for a weekend? It was like a holiday weekend. I was like, okay, boundaries already that I'm not having sex before I'm married and you know this boundary. So I go and I'm so impressed. We get this place and he's basically taking me to see Ed Sharon, who's my favorite artist. It was a surprise. So we get to see at Sharon. Of course, that was nice and it was fun. And I was like, oh goodness, he didn't even try to have sex with me. I'm so excited, right? Christmas comes and I'm going to visit my grandparents in Kentucky. And he drives up to meet me and drives me back to Florida so that I can meet his family. During that drive, I am realizing that something is not right here. And I was like, I'm always in a place where I'm like, Shante, wherever you go with whoever you are, make sure you have enough money to leap and get home by yourself. Come on now. That's, that is, that is the, the old women hand down, pass down wisdom that every, I pray that every daughter and everybody who's listening under the sound of our voice, you always got a few coins in your purse to leave and a cell phone fully charged to leave when you do not want to be there anymore. Right. Cause it, it's very important. Like even going out when I was dating or and courting, even my husband, I always went with the expectation to pay or to know that I, if I don't, especially on our first meeting, I had the expectation that I will be paying if I don't like you so that you won't think this is anything. We just went out and had a nice dinner. We split Dutch and I went home. Like that's always in my mind. And I remember like just having some ideas. Cause at that point, I, at that point, I didn't have a specific prayer for what I was looking for, but I remember what my mom said. Right. So he was really, really short. So that was sort of the physical bankruptcy that my mom was covering. <laughs> um, and then also I, for the first time saw how he behaved when he was angry. Mm. And to me, I was like, I can't, I cannot deal with that. Mm -hmm. He wasn't angry at me. He was angry at something else. And he took it out on a phone while we were driving, like banging the phone on the, the car, like the steering yeah. wheel while we're driving on the highway. And I was like, this is not it. And I had to be able to be strong in my conviction that this was not it and it being okay. And I think the last, the last thing that sort of crossed the line for me was that, okay, I was so excited that we were able to spend time together and you didn't even bother me about sex that the next time you thought that you could you could come and tap on my shoulder and there would be some activity. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I remember the answer being, well, I'm going to marry you anyway. And I was like, I'm going to marry you and we're married as two different things. Yeah. So I remember saying like, it was maybe February. I knew it was done in January when I left. I let it drag on a little bit. And then it was like, this is, this is over. And I think it was really understanding that although something may be shiny, although something may look in the beginning, like this is it. I mean, for a while I was feeling very special. I was feeling spoiled. I was feeling all these things, but those feelings, that facade, that mirage 
the smoke went away and I saw the actual person that stood before me. And I thought to myself, you could have rushed into this. You could have given this man your body. You could have, you know, decided that, you know what, I'm going to try this. I'm going to move to America and live with this man. And this is not who God had for you. And got a different, complete, a completely different route in life. Completely. And we were going in two different directions. And I started to realize the things my mom was saying. He was emotionally bankrupt. And I think the last thing that broke the camel's back, he told, he had a, he started a business that wasn't doing well. And he said these words, I'm going to file for bankruptcy. And I was like, all right, Marlene, I heard it. Okay. I heard it clear. I heard it clear. And I was like, you know what? Marlene's my mom. You guys don't understand. (laughs) Out of the normal mom. Um, But I had to let that go and know that just, I think that what that showed me is that yes, a man can spoil you, but do not think that being spoiled is equivalent to God's choice for you. Mm. Because whoever God has for you is going to treat you right, is going to love you right. And I think it's a bit different, especially at that point for me, because As a woman, I was used to being the person spoiling her man. Mm. But to have somebody else do it differently, I'm like, this must be what this thing is all about. And I remember being so happy that that was over. Glad it was over. And then going through a period of singleness and then meeting my husband who, like you said, ticked all my boxes. I asked him all the questions. Like he, I remember us having conversation um, while we were on our first meeting and he was like, how do you feel about, like, he asked me how I felt about sex before marriage. And I was like, well, this is, this is this. And he was like, he agrees. And I'm like, okay, all right. I see you. I don't have to bring it out. You brought it up. And I never felt in our whole time dating and courting that a line was being crossed or coming close to cross. I could feel so comfortable knowing that there was never going to be an expectation of me to cross that line, that it was such a release, relief, relief. And it was so peaceful. Yeah. I'm like, we can have fun. Like we can sit here and talk and laugh all night. And I know in my soul, he's not going to try and touch me. Not because we're not attracted to each other, but because we both made this decision separately before yeah. we came oh, together. And I think what I realized was happening in previous relationships is that I had made that decision separately and the, they had made that decision because of me. Yeah. And if you're making a decision for somebody else who is not the father, it's hard for you to stick with it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's an, a great word of encouragement because we both have, you know, the beautiful testimony of waiting and meeting partners that were willing to wait to anybody who's listening to this, that there are still godly men out there who will honor your boundaries. But I find that, you know, one, you know, the importance of reinforcing that because Men, men are men. I mean, we're, we're women. Shoot. Women are just as sexual beings as men anyway. So it equal, it goes equally the same. Like you have to have the Holy spirit. You have to have the spirit of self-control when you are courting and trying to honor God. Um, but I think it's so important to, 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 for people to, to listen and hear that there are godly men, men of quality who are maintaining that standard for sexual purity and wanting to honor their future wife by not having sex before, before they have made that commitment. And that's something that, that is still there. That is definitely still there. I think um, we can't not talk about courtship without talking about the importance of that time being a period where you are laying a solid foundation for your future marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why 
not having, choosing not to involve sex in your courtship is so important because you're getting to first develop the intellectual connection, the emotional connection, the mental connection, things that actually allow for your, the respect for one another, things that, that um, really sustain a marriage and give it longevity. Um, it has nothing to do with the physical. And so I have found even in the past dating relationships that whenever the physical got involved, everything got misconstrued. Like everything, like the way you communicate, the way you resolve issues, the way you, you handle things, it just, it got misconstrued because it was taken, it was put in the wrong order of things. And so courting God's way, I mean, there's a, he, he has it. He says, do not have sex outside of marriage for a reason. And it's because it protects us from all these things that we, we don't want to get entangled with, but it also is going to build the foundation for the longevity and the, what we truly desire, which is a long, healthy, long lasting marriage. We don't want divorce. We don't want separation. We don't want another um, uh, generation of a generational curse. Like we, so again, we have to make the decision individually going forward to be those generational curse breakers by honoring God. And I do believe that when you honor God in your courtship, you are setting your generations up for generational blessings, just like you can, you can pass down generational curses. I think that you can pass down generational blessings. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the reasons when, um, I was renewing my mind about sex and dating and relationships. One of the things that the Lord said to me, he's like, I want to set your legacy up for a generational blessing. And here's one of the areas to do that by having a standard in this area, by not compromising your body, by keeping the value here and the rest is history. Exactly. And I think also another thing of, of having that boundary of not having sex in a relationship, it helps you um, while you're dating and courting, it helps you to learn how to problem solve as well. Mm -hmm. I know that in previous relationships where I didn't have that boundary, th the problems were not solved. They were yeah. covered. Mm. They were covered. So I know that when I was dating courting with Cornell and we would disagree on something, we're going to have to talk this thing out. <laughs> We're yeah. talking it out and we're talking it out. It's going to get solved yeah. because we're not getting distracted. There's no um, let's kiss it away and, and, and sex it away. And the problem doesn't exist. Exist. We really had to work on communicating and talking and expressing ourselves and saying, well, you know what, when you said this or the way you said this made me feel like this. So mm -hmm. next time I would appreciate if you could, or next time, you know, can you hear what you're saying? So it, it allowed really for strong communication. Yes. And I think what it allowed is for us to understand that God made sex to be beautiful between a husband and wife. So it, it's something that God can anoint, that God can, can, he can anoint your bedroom. He can anoint your, your marital bed. He can anoint your, your sex life when you're married. Those are things that are great, but great in the container in which it belongs so that you're not creating soul ties with every Tom, Dick and Harry who you come in contact with, no pun intended there, um, <laughs> <laughs> who you come in contact with, but you're, you're saving your, yourself for each other. So when you come together, God can unify you even stronger. Mm-hmm. 
And I think one of the things that even I remember on our wedding night, we both had to work on, or at least me, I knew that for a fact, was, okay, this is right now. <laughs> this yeah. is, that's my God. <laughs> that's, a, that's a transition right there to talk about, but I that don't know is, if it was, want to talk about that. <laughs> it was definitely a transition that I wasn't prepared for, especially knowing that we moved our wedding up 11 days, 10 days, 10 days. So my mind, my mindset was prepared for like tomorrow because it's we would be getting married tomorrow. That's where my mind was. That's where my mind was. That was where my body was. I had no time to think about it. So on the night, I was just like, okay, Lord. And one of the things that my pastor told me in marriage counseling was ask the Lord to anoint you for your for for that night. Yeah. And she said she was telling us a funny <laughs> story about how the anointing. Pardon? I said, your pastor is a riot. Listen, and she was telling us a funny story about how the anointing came too soon because they were on the plane and she was getting the anointing. She was like, we weren't at the hotel yet. (laughs) (laughs) We had been married. Um, But so that's what I was like, literally in the room. I was like, okay, Lord, now anoint me for tonight. You know, calm my mind, calm my nerves, things like that. But that was a transition for me as well to get like, okay, God has blessed this. Cause we've, we, we've had, and I think, especially growing up before like this period where people have now started having very uh, open and transparent conversations about sex, the conversations, especially in the church about sex before it was just sex. Don't have it to your yeah. marriage. Full yeah. stop. That doesn't allow you to understand sex in its entirety when you're younger. So when you get to a place where you're just like, uh, is this right, Lord? Okay, you said it's right. Okay, so it, it, it was a bit of a transition, but I was grateful that we were able to have the whole, like we're patient with yeah. each other and we're able to talk with each other because these are the things that we, the qualities that we developed together before we were having sex that made it better when we were married. Yeah, so. for sure, for sure. And I mean, when you're single, you, you do, you have, you're doing so much you can to not think about it, <laughs> to not, you know, to, to honor God in that area that you tried your best, you know, you, you mute, you, do, you, you almost suppress a lot of that side of you. Um, I don't think it's ever fully suppressed. I mean, I think it's just an appetite. Like the more you feed it with stuff, then the hungry you're going to get. Right. But the less you feed it, the more, the less you have an an appetite for it, but you still will always have an appetite because you're human. And especially if you have had sex before, then you know how great it is. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, um, I think just, again, when you're single, just keeping finding your why, like really praying and being intentional about like, God, why do you not want me to, to, to engage in this area, renew my mind about it. Show me why it is to honor, you know, how, how, um, how it's beautiful in marriage, kind of do those things. But even when you do get married, it is a transition. I mean, for sure. Like I, you haven't had a man touch you in forever. Like, you know, so again, it goes back to grace. It goes back to asking the Lord to help you. (laughs) It goes back to, you know, being patient, but ultimately, you know, sex is still like 5% of your marriage. So when we're single, it just seems like, Oh, I can't wait to have it. (laughs) You know, it just seems like this big thing and not to minimize the beauty of it, not to minimize any of that, but it's still 5%. Mm -hmm. And so 
when you're single, if I would encourage anybody listening, focus on the 95, Mm -hmm. focus on your communication skills, focus on your um, ability to resolve conflict. Look at how forgiving you are, because a lot of times God is already testing you and training you with your friends and with your family, you know, focus on your cooking skills, your culinary skills, your, your whatever, like your own hobbies, because you still have to have your own unique identity in marriage. Like, no, I, I know that in the past, um, I know that especially women, because I guess I, I guess this is how God designed us. I wish I had my book by um, Dr. Miles Monroe nearby, um, Understanding the Purpose and Power of the Woman. But we are the adapters. Like men don't necessarily, because of how God has designed them, they don't necessarily adapt. We kind of adapt to them. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, you know, and especially if you haven't taken time to really get your identity of who you are before you get in a relationship, you can lose your identity. And what I believe is that this is why women um, down the road have these full on identity crises because they've gone from, I have been a wife, then I'm a mother. And then who am I now? Like, And so I think having your own interests, having your own outlets, you know, still maintaining your friendships, um, they're so important. They are so important because let me tell you something. Men maintain their friendships. They maintain their their social settings. Shantae and I can laugh about this because of the fact that um, Cornell and Robin often get together. Like at one point I... (laughs) I cracked up because as Cornell was getting ready for the wedding, he and Robin were going to the gym together. And I'm like, well, I want to go to the gym. Like, what about me? And they would sometimes like go um, and meet up with some of the other guys to like Harry's, which is a really nice restaurant here in Bermuda. And I was like, hold up a second. Like, that's a date night place. You can't be going. (laughs) And so it's just funny, but guys will make time for their boys and they need it. Like Mm -hmm. any woman who tries to kind of squash squash the time that the guys have that that they have with one another you're you're missing something but i also preface that with saying pray for your husband to have godly men and godly relationships around him because they will encourage each other and speak life and support each other in ways that we we won't understand as women they need that but they need the right kind of influence because just how, you know, a man can be led into a gang affiliation. He can also be built up to be this incredible mighty man of valor with the right brotherhood surrounding him as well. And just like we need the sisterhood too. That is really important. And I'm, I'm thankful because Cornell's surrounded by like his two closest friends are Mark and Robin you yeah. are in my I, in my mind, mighty man of valor. So they lift each other up and, and they go and they laugh and they make jokes. But even as a single man, those were the two men that were closest to him, which I think was great as far as accountability and covering for us when we were when we um were dating. But I, I like Lang said, it's very important for them. Men do keep their relationships, they make time for their boys. And we, on the other hand, we tend to, like you said, adapt and slip away. And I remember even earlier this year, um, just having a moment where I had to be like, wait a minute, Shante, what are you doing? Because 
we were doing renovations. I was in Supreme Court trials at work. I'm planning a wedding. I'm trying to host a podcast. I already knew I wasn't taking on any coaching clients till June. And at some, I, I started to become very, very overwhelmed, mm-hmm. very overwhelmed to the point where I was starting to have anxiety. I'm like, Lord, be anxious for nothing. Like, I know this isn't what you want me to do. And I remember feeling, I just got this feeling of, I just felt horrible. I thought I had COVID. So I went to go get a test and I was like, you don't have COVID. So I went to my doctor and I explained this and this and that. And she's talking to me and I love my doctor. She is phenomenal. She looked at me and she said, have you had a vacation? And I was like, I think I took maybe two and a half days vacation in all of 2020. Because I, I was like, oh, well, if we get married next year, I might need to have some extra days. So that's what I had in my mind. She looked at me and she said, you are burnt out. I said, I'm sorry. What? It's like, no, you're burnt out and I'm taking you off for work for two weeks. And if you need more time, you call me. Mm-hmm. And she said, I want you to sit down, sit home and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And that was her instruction to me. And then I had to realize that I could not be everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, some of the things are just going to have to stop. So I was trying to, I could tell that, you know, Cornell was getting stressed with renovation. So I was trying to take that on because, you know, I'm strong. I'm like, I can handle that. I can multitask. I can handle that. I realized I couldn't. I said, okay, hon, I'm going to give that back to you. That's for you. With work, I had to have a cutoff time because I cannot be doing work nine to five and then five to nine. So I was like, okay. Then with the podcast, I was like, okay, I'm going to record most of the episodes that I need to get me to, to June. Of course, my mind didn't realize that that required talking to about 20 people in a short span of time, <laughs> but I still managed to make that happen so that I could slowly start to, to relax. And I remember that one of, one of the holidays, we all hung out and I remember Omar was trying to plan something with the guys. And I was saying to myself, it's a holiday. Like, why are they planning a guy's day? Like, what are we supposed to do? It's a holiday. It's not a Saturday. It's a holiday. And we ended up going to the spa on that day, the girls. Sure did. Yeah. And and everybody was so happy to, to, like, you know, have girl time. And I was happy as well. But now that I like getting closer to the wedding and being married. Now I'm like, ah, that's why you need girl time. Yeah. This is, this is, this is very important. And and I know that for my group of friends, it was very hard for us to sort of hang out during a pandemic because we're six busy women who are all in different fields and then it's a pandemic. So our hanging out was spaced. And then when they would hang out would be days where I would have like a date planned and stuff like that too. I'm still working on God for balance, but he reminded me even in the lead up to the wedding, how important it was to have sisters around you and Mm -hmm. how important it is for the type of people that are around you too, because hundred percent, especially for your marriage. Like you have to have healthy people surrounding you as a married couple. You do not need anybody that is going to be, speak in words of death. You need people who are going to constantly encourage and speak words of life and, you know, remind you that, I mean, to be honest with you, when you let God put you together, it's nothing that anybody can say anyway. Cause I'm like, this person's mine. Like (laughs) he and I share the same DNA. God made him for me, but you need to make sure that those who are around you support you, um, 
are ones that are going to like, even when you guys have off moments, say I'm, I'm covering your marriage. I bind any spirit of division. You know, I speak peace and life into your household. It's so important. So it's, it's the quality of people you surround yourself with. And I mean, that goes, even if you're not married, like when you're single, you know, birds of a feather flock together, you got to have some quality people around you. If all the people around you are, are murmuring and complaining and drama and just, you know, not, you, you tend to absorb it. You do. You you tend to take on, and even unconsciously, you start taking on what the people in your circle are, are taking on. Yeah. So if your circle is full of people who complain, you find yourself complaining. Sometimes we do have to change our atmosphere in order for us to grow in the way God would have us. And it's not to say that a switch in the atmosphere or the switch in the people who are around you makes the people that are around you bad. They may not be, they're, they're, they're not bad, but God has a certain, God has assigned to you certain people for certain seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to remember and embrace that when God is ready to transition you from a season to another season, that he knows what's best for you, right? So he knows what you need and when you need it. So I think that's something also that I've had to learn that, you know, be comfortable with the transitions of God and as he moves. But like Langray was saying, it's so important. I mean, on my wedding day, my maid of honors, after I got a bath and right before we started with makeup and I came out, they were anointing my feet in the bathroom and praying for me. So that was, that was like important to me. And I'm just sitting there like, you guys, I'm trying not to cry. Like I'm trying to hold it all together. And they're like, and praying for me. And even when we got to the, the point we're on the balcony and we're just taking pictures and we, you know, pop champagne to do a champagne toast. And I found this absolutely hilarious. Right. So we're doing the toast. So everybody has a little bit of champagne and Akila does her toast and I'm like, gonna cry. Fine. Cause now my makeup's done. Right. I'm fine. And she was saying how she was feeling about Cornell and I. And then two days later, she found out that we were engaged. Like she was like talking to God herself. Like those two are like a really good match. God, like you can <laughs> so she was telling that. And then Sarita was doing her. her and I both. Yeah. And then my mom does her speech. And of course, everybody loses it. We're all crying. Right. But it turned from cry into a praise, like literally loud hallelujahs and speaking in tongues. And what was funny is that we've got champagne in one hand, hands up like this. We're saying hallelujahs because the toast started with Akila making a toast. And she was like, you know what? This toast isn't really for you. This is a toast to God and how great he is. So cheers, God. And I'm thankful because God knew what I needed in that moment, even down to the music. Because at first I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to party music. I'm excited. I'm getting married. And then Sarita's like, okay, fine. Put on Ed Sharon. We're listening to Ed Sharon. I said, Maria, I need something else. I need gospel. She's like, that's why we put on gospel. It was fast gospel. I said, you know what? Apparently I didn't know that I needed worship music. I need worship music in here, please. So she put on worship music for me. But just being in around women and and for your husband you're supposed to be around men who are praying because i i learned that even while we were praying they were over there praying as well in in their in where they were getting ready so all of that is so 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 important most definitely important let me get back to the questions (laughs) we left the questions Uh, we we said that we were just going to kind of like let the lord flow so that's what we're doing we're letting the Lord flow. Okay. So what are some things that surprised you about married life? Oh, living with a man. What? 
what and all the things that come with that like bless anybody who has had brothers and grew up in a household with their father bless you guys I didn't know um I came like a blank slate so when my husband was like you want to play baseball with me I'm like no (laughs) what (laughs) um I, I I will say that I listened to something by Dr. Miles Monroe, a video of his some time ago. And this has always stuck with me. He he said at one point, he was talking about his wife, Ruth Monroe, God bless her soul. He said, my wife, my wife is a smart woman. You know, um, she, in, to, instead of her nagging me about not playing, uh, spending any time with me, she bought, she bought running shoes and she would start to go running with him. And something stuck with me in the back of my mind. And I was like, you know, part of me, and this comes with the adapting and the being flexible and learning and being your husband's helpmate and being best friends really. And learning how to do stuff that's just not natural for you. I will I haven't played baseball with my husband yet, but I have gone to the basketball court with him a few times. So it's learning how to adjust to a man's world, really, and getting involved in sports. And, you know, like, I don't want to be the one that's like, oh, why are we watching sports? Instead, let me learn, you know? I would say, okay, this is an important one because this is going to the Bible. What surprised me was the reality of the verse in I believe it's I believe it's First Corinthians where it talks about married life, and it mm-hmm. talks about um, maybe I should pull it up. It talks about how the single woman is concerned with the affairs of the Lord, but the married woman is concerned with how to please the Lord. I'm going to pull it up. First Corinthians seven, right. So it's 1 Corinthians 7, starting at verse 32. It says, I would like for you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs and how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affair. Her aim is devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you might live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. So one of the biggest changes for me was I went from all this time, all this free time where it's like I was falling out on the floor and (laughs) praying to the Lord all day, every day. If I didn't want to eat, I didn't have to eat. If I didn't want to do this, I didn't have to. And so my time with God was very um, un. I won't divided. say unrestricted. What's that? It was undivided. It was undivided. It was undivided. And so now, you know, I have had to learn that one, prioritizing that time is still super important because now, you know, like where before I used to wake up in the morning around like 637 and spend my quiet time. Well, when I got married, Robin's the early riser. I mean, that man wakes up at like five o'clock and is already spending time with the Lord. And so I'm like, Oh, uh, I guess I'm gonna have to adjust myself. <laughs> like you took our only quiet spot in the house, but, um, you know, adjusting to that. But then also there's been times when, you know, I'm, I'm sitting and reading or whatnot and he's hungry or I sense that he's hungry and having to get up and learn how to learn that my serving my husband is also unto the Lord, but I also am more that scripture. Exactly what it says is, is a real thing. And so that is the surprise, I guess, of, 
of getting married and the transition there is just that your time is, your time looks completely different. So when you're single, you know, spend as much time with the Lord as you possibly can, not saying that you won't when you're married, but spend intentional time, read your word, you know, start to learn some different things and start to learn his voice and start to be obedient, practice that obedience to him. It spills over into your marriage. You know, you don't want to be slack there because it'll just, when you get more responsibilities, you'll just be tempted to be even more slack with your time. But just understand that with marriage, with the blessing of marriage comes more responsibility. Mm -hmm. That, that is really good. Um, Just like you said, adjusting to living with a man is, is, is a big adjustment and, and basically your daily schedule changes. So I am the early riser. I'm up early, no matter how, how late I sleep, I will be up early. And it's irritating to me, but sometimes it's like, okay, maybe you're supposed to be up doing something, not just laying here wishing you went back to sleep. Um, But Cornell rises really, really late. And I have to learn how to adjust around him because also I don't want to wake him up as well because he's sleeping. Right. So I, and I know he's not, he's not good when he's like, you have to learn things. Like I know he's not good when he's tired. He's not good when he's hungry. I'm not good when I'm hungry. Like I get hangry. So I need to, like, he knows how to work with me and I know how to work with him, but it was a bit of an adjustment and it's just sort of learning. And I'm still learning because we're still freshly, we're newlyweds, right? How to create my own time and, 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 and focus or remembering to focus not only on my husband, but still on the things that God has called me to do as well. And finding balance in those areas. I mean, I'm really grateful that we have this beautiful home that is coming together. And there are areas in the house where we can go and separate ourselves from each other. But I also have to remember that, okay, you know, at a certain time, it's time to come to bed. Like leave the work alone. It is time to come to bed in the morning. Remember to pray together. Like I have to remind, I remember yesterday we got to dinner. We were like, we didn't pray. We were getting well. We didn't pray this morning. Something is off. Okay. Let's go upstairs and let's pray. But it's really important and just allowing God to guide you. But I mean, they really, when they, they were trying to tell that they say, you know, to you, when you're single, like your single time is the last time where your time is your own. It really is. It really is the last time where your time is your own. You can go and do whatever you want to do without really considering how your your actions are going to impact the people around you. If you want to go travel, you don't really need to check in. You're just telling people, peace, I'm going to go travel. If you want to, like you say, if you want to eat, if you don't want to eat, like I have to, I'm learning certain things. Like in the morning, if I'm up, because sometimes he will once in a while wake up early. But if I'm up before him and he wakes up, I say, honey, can I get you like a cup of coffee? And he, he's got all these little trays. So I go downstairs and I make him like, I'll get coffee and vitamin C and vitamins. And I'll come up with the trays. Like, Good morning, honey. And I feel really, you know, cute and special about doing that. But I remember like that idea came to me because he did it first. He woke up one morning. I was actually still asleep. He just happened to be up really early. And he came back with like coffee and little cups and stuff. He's like, good morning. And I was like, my heart. (laughs) So it is the being able to serve each other 
Yeah. That has been really a healthy and happy surprise for me. Like I can serve him and he can serve me. We can take turns, not everything. Like he doesn't always have to cook because we don't have those gender like rules because he loves to cook. Right. So he doesn't always have to cook. Sometimes I can cook. Mm -hmm. I clean sometimes and he helps me. So that's what I like. Like, even when I'm cleaning up, I'm like, okay, honey, can you do this? Can you do this? Or he'll take out the trash, like finding balance in how we're moving. And one thing that my pastor keeps saying one thing, she said a lot of things during premarital counseling. Um, But she said, you know, your marriage is your own. For sure. So you have to make your marriage what works for the two of you, not what it looks like in anybody else's household. Your marriage is yours is yours. Like follow what the Lord says about marriage, but how it looks, who does what, who cleans, whatever happens, that's your business. Mm-hmm. And that was really like an eye opener for me that I did not have to follow the track or the trail of those people who came before me. Cause although their way may have been right and worked for them, it may not work for me. Yeah. So for example, if I cooked every single meal, he'd be miserable. Because yeah. that's what he is for his piece. Like, you know what I mean? So I have to, we have to learn how to adapt. He knows that I like baths. I like a lot of baths. I mean, I'm off, right? So one morning I woke up to a bath in the middle of the day. I was like, this is phenomenal. <laughs> and he's, he's learning like, okay, she likes baths. When she's stressed, you want a bath? Can mm-hmm. I run you a bath? Like things like that, that we're learning to adapt with. We're studying each other. We're studying each other. And so, you know, that, that shifts a little bit of our attention away from the Lord. I wanted to make a point, And I think this is important to say, especially for those who are single, you know, I understand that desire for a spouse. I understand like even maybe listening to this podcast, you're like, oh, they have husbands. Like, you know what I mean? Make sure that or maybe I should pro- propose it as a question. If God gives you your, sp- your spouse right now, one, would you be ready for him? And two, would getting the answer to that prayer that you've been petitioning for a long time and waiting and being, you know, patient for, would it cause you to become slack in your time with the Lord? Those are important things because making an idol out of your spouse and out of your marriage is very real. It's very natural. I mean, there is a healthy period of time where you are just infatuated and obsessed with one another. And I pray that that never leaves anybody's marriage. (laughs) I hope that it's always spicy and it is always like keeping you on your toes. Always, always, always. Um, But I think it's so important that we, we also remember that our spouse is not in our, even in dating. And I think courtship is a good example too. They are not our God. They, they are still flawed human beings. They still have to use the bathroom three, four, five times a day. They still have their stuff. And so, you know, you just need to continue to keep the Lord always at the forefront, even when you get that answered prayer. And so that's why I think um, Shantae and I are really drilling it. Like when you're single, Pray, make sure that that is a priority because you still need it to be a priority when you get married. You probably need it more mm-hmm. when you get married so that you operate in the grace so that, you know, you are, you are, um, showing up as the best version for your spouse. I think about a question that was asked some time ago. It was, 
instead of focusing on, I don't know how to say it. I'm going to say it how I'm thinking it. How do you want your spouse to experience your marriage? This goes along the point of you saying that, you know, you have to do what works for you. You know, you have to be willing to adapt and change and try and test what works for your household. But ultimately ask the question, like, even, even for your spouse, what do you want their experience to be being married to you? What kind of partner do you want to be? What kind of, again, I keep drilling it. What kind of atmosphere in the home do you want to be? Do you want to be the person that is constantly speaking life that they know that when they talk to you about something, you're always going to continue to reaffirm them and build them up and not tear them down with your words. And that's what we do as women. You know, we are the ones who, who build up our home. Um, it's somewhere in Proverbs. I can't think of it right away, but, but that is, that is really important. Whether you're single, whether you're already married is to sit with the Lord and, and also reflect on what kind of, what kind of experience, if someone has to be married to you for the rest of their life, let them be happy. Let them be joyful. Let them be so happy every day that they married you. <laughs> like choose to become that woman, choose to become that man, that that's, that's the experience that your spouse has and by, and hopefully vice versa. But at the end of the day, we can only be really responsible for ourselves and how we, how we handle things. Right. And remember that as women, there's so much power in what we say, just like we can build up our men, our men and build up our household and build up our family. We can easily tear it down with our mouths. So we have to remember not only what you're speaking over your husband and your marriage or your, your, who you're courting with or who you're engaged to, but also what you're speaking over yourself, because if you speak negatively over yourself, that's still the spirit that you're walking up and down the hallways of your home with. Mm. Still the spirit that you're allowing to be in your your your, your bedroom, you know, in, in the middle of dinner time because you're speaking that negativity over yourself. So I think the power of declaration, decrees and declarations and affirmations that you speak over yourself when you're single. Mm-hmm. You can start speaking over your spouse single, okay? You don't have to wait till he shows up. I mean, and Langray and I talked about this in the live that we did. I was praying for Cornell before I even knew he existed. Like I had a burden of prayer for my husband and I didn't even know who the man was, what he looked like, what he smelled like. I wouldn't have recognized him if I saw him because I I did see him a few times, didn't even know that was my husband. But I had the burden to pray and to speak over his life and, you know, to say that he's going to be a leader and not a follower, like all these things that I would say. And and it's important to, for me to continue that now, but also, like you said, it's also important for me to remember my time with God. I know one thing that I keep saying that I'm going to do is read through the entire word of the Lord, like from start to finish and I'm working on it. Right. So I would be doing great. And then all of a sudden, you know what happens? You get distracted and then you're like, wait a minute, I'm behind. I was ahead of the Bible plan. Not all of a sudden I'm behind on the Bible plan. I'm like, Lord, you know, I need to remember that I can wake up and I need to read my word and I need to speak to you. It's not just about me listening to Pastor Mike and Stephen Furtick and Joyce Meyer in the morning I need to seek you for myself. I need to know what your word says for myself. So it's very important. And another thing you were saying about, you know, making sure that we still have some individuality 
Yes. <laughs> our relationship. Like, for example, I know it would be great to do everything with your spouse. That sounds fun. However, I, for example, my love for working out is a bit different than my husband's. <laughs> so I, when I get in a groove, I can go. Yeah. So I try to start my groove all over again on this lovely Monday morning. And Tuesday comes and I'm excited. It's like, okay, honey, 30 minutes, insanity. We can do it. Let's do it first thing. I, I'm a morning person. I like to work out in the morning so I don't have to think about it again. Yeah, 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 we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Of course, two days have passed and I'm still waiting for us to get to it. And I said, okay, Lord, I now recognize that this is an area that I might need to pursue on my own. And when he's ready to join me, he will join me. And if he's never ready to join me, that's fine too. But it's just learning that not remember that to grow yourself individually, because you don't want to be in a stagnant place where he's not growing, you're not growing, your relationship isn't growing, your relationship together, your relationship with God, nothing. Everything's just sort of the same. So remember to continue to grow. Well said. Okay, so we have been talking for a very long time, so I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. This episode, um, I want to know what advice you would give to your single self on your marriage expectations. Oh well, my advice um, would be, which I did. So, I guess as an encouragement, look at marriage soberly, like. Like I keep saying, it's so much more than having a pair of triceps and biceps in your bed. And when you're single and that loneliness hits and those hormones hit, <laughs> all you can think about is if I had somebody here and if I could just uh, release some of this stress here, like that's all you can think about. But it kind of perverts and clouds the reality of marriage. And so my encouragement um, I would still encourage if I was in my single season is to really study what a healthy marriage looks like. Even look at what causes marriages to break up. For me, um, I remember one of my goals when I was single was I wanted to be debt free before I got married because when you get married, your debt becomes your husband's debt. His debt becomes your debt. And that was just something personally that I wanted to be intentional about clearing before we got married. Um, and by the grace of God, I paid off all my student loans, I think just before we got married. Um, but that's because I had been chipping away at it for seven years, you know? And so there are a lot of things that, um, you know, again, just look at every area of your life, wherever you think that you're lacking or wherever you think that you could possibly become a better partner, take time to invest in those areas. If it is emotional intelligence, if it is learning how to communicate your emotions, if it is healing some of your family dynamics, because again, you are marrying somebody else's, you're bringing your family dynamics in with somebody else. Yes, you're leaving and cleaving, but that's your family, you know? So, you know, making sure that you are putting in the work in all, in all areas, taking care of even your health, you know, um, looking at marriage soberly, Oh, I will also say that becoming the quality of person that you're hoping to attract, that you're hoping to be with. So it's something if you're like, oh, I want somebody who is, um, 
I want somebody who's got biceps and triceps. I want somebody who likes to work out. I want somebody who likes to eat healthy. I want somebody who is adventurous and romantic and you're none of those things. Like, you know what I mean? You're not even trying to be that person. So why would somebody who likes to go, you know, do all this stuff? What, what are they going to do with you? So, so make sure too, that the things that you're asking God for the things that you want to bring. So if you want somebody who's integral, you want someone who's honest, you want somebody who is peaceful, that you equally are becoming that person so that you can attract and appreciate that in the other person. That's my advice. That is really, really, really great advice. And I, I, I echo the sentiments that you said. Um, it's important for you to remember your, your own character whilst you are looking for characteristics in your spouse. And another thing I would add to that is remember when you transition from single um, engaged to married, that you're no longer living for yourself first. You are living, you know, apart from God being first, but you have another person to consider. Um, and I, I remember that, but when it became real to me, I, I was, Cornell and I were, talking about what we want to do when we go on a honeymoon. I said, oh, do you want to go skydiving? He said, I can't do those reckless things. I have a wife now. <laughs> like you make a point, right? He, he makes the point because it's no longer just him. What he does with his life affects me. Also what I do with my life affects him. So I can't be out in these streets twerking on Instagram because that's <laughs> representation that I want for myself, my marriage, or my man. So there are just certain things that you, you remember. So honestly, if you're still single, if you're waiting, if you're dating, if you're courting, enjoy every single phase of, of that you're going through, because there is something in it specifically for you to learn from, to grow from, to, to understand. God has your back and he knows the path that he's leading you down. And one last thing that Langray always says is always be ready because <laughs> you stay ready because you never know when it will happen. And we didn't even get into it, but we didn't date for long and court for long. So how, before we get, how long did you and Robin court for before you got engaged and was married? We got engaged in 11 months and I would have married him like the next month if he would allow me, but he was like, no, we actually need to have friends and family able to come. And I was like, oh, do we have to? Um, so yeah, we, we were engaged within 11 months and it was quick. Um, but it wasn't quick because when it, that's the thing, it's like, you could be single, God preparing you, taking you through all these trust, these tests and trials and developing you. And overnight, it's seemingly like you met your spouse and now you're a whole married woman and a wife and living with somebody, you know, <laughs> it's just like, wait, wait, what? And, um, you said, you said, enjoy your, your single season or your courtship or your marriage, you know, your marriage, um, or I'm sorry, the seasons that you're in. And I would, I would say, respect them, respect those seasons because everything is preparation for the next season. Mm -hmm. And so if you try to cut corners, if you get too hasty, if you get too impatient, you're going to miss something. There's, I think I have a lot of peace and a lot of grace transitioning into marriage because of all the things that I was obedient and allowed the Lord to prepare me when I was single. Mm -hmm. Now, if I wouldn't have done those things, I probably would be like, wait, I got to take five steps 
backwards before I take four steps forward. But um, I do think that, you know, just respect, respect the seasons. And you were what? You guys were 11 months too? No, we were less than that. So we okay. met in what? January and we were engaged. We met January 25th and September 25th, we were engaged. And wow. like you, I was like, I want a Christmas wedding. We can do it. We can get married. <laughs> I remember and, that. And he was just like, we don't have a house. Where Where do you expect me to put us? <laughs> and I was just like, eh, you know, we can live in the house. It doesn't need renovating. Renovating, and I'm so glad that we were patient because it's trying to be such a beautiful home. So then, from September, you guys get married like two months in. I was ready for you, you guys, to be proposed and engaged at the single summit. To be honest, but (laughs) (laughs) so God doesn't have to. It doesn't have to take long when when God has prepared you both and and, and brings you together. And I think what really, which is funny, what really accelerated our, our time together was COVID. Because we yeah. spent so much more time together because we were stuck on an island where Cornell travels for work. So he would usually be traveling around. He would usually, he already told me, like, I'm usually traveling for your birthday. Like, that part of the year, I'm gone. But the Lord would have it that he would be... And far. Yeah. Like Hong Kong, Seneg- uh, Singapore, con- gone. Hong Kong, or all Australia, all around the world. And the Lord would have it that he would make sure that he was stuck here with me <laughs> during the season so that we we can grow together and move us along in the path on the path I think by the time we got engaged everybody was just waiting for it like oh, no surprise nobody was like you know everybody was like all right this is happening even before it happened everybody knew it was going to happen and like I like we said like we knew at different points when you know this is the the person God has for us different from our spouses, but just having patience and also respecting that season where you are engaged, right? Enjoy it. I know as soon as I got engaged, the like the very next day, people were asking me, it went from when's the wedding to when are you having kids? And I'm like, I got engaged yesterday. I need you to, to slow, slow it now, calm, calm down. But it's important for you to enjoy being engaged, enjoy, enjoy planning your wedding, enjoy, you know, doing all the things. I was so lucky that I had a blessed, really, that I had a bachelorette new. I had a bridal shower. Yeah. We didn't have bachelorette and bachelor parties because we moved the wedding up right and so that never happened back on lockdown we went back on lockdown and that was fine with me I was like that's fine um Sarita showed me a notification that popped up on her phone for my surprise bachelorette extravaganza (laughs) from last week Saturday and I was like I was like I mean I like that it's an extravaganza we can still have a wife at party (laughs) a wife at party (laughs) but um you guys really enjoy your season i have really enjoyed this conversation another two-part conversation i was gonna say we could still keep going we could probably still keep going yeah one 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 important key just because you spoke about how covid really helped you guys when you're praying and when you are thinking about marriage and when you were thinking about your spouse and you're speaking to the lord about it in your inner heart and your secret private place Think about the person that you wouldn't mind spending all of COVID, all of lockdown, all of quarantine with, because that is what marriage is really made of. (laughs) And thankfully, 
thankfully I like my husband. I always, we always have this thing where I'm like, I don't just love you. I like you. And I think to somebody to enjoy their company, to enjoy their conversation, to be intrigued and patch, those are so important. So as you're praying, as you're talking to the Lord, make sure you would, you would be able to handle lockdown 2020, 2021 with them. Yes. That's all I have to say. (laughs) All right, you guys. Well, this is the end of our two part um, episode. I know the episode was the episodes were really long, but I know you're going to really enjoy it. Definitely connect with us on Instagram and let us know what you thought. Ask us any questions. You can follow Langry at Langry.carol. I will link it in the show notes so you can just click the link. And of course, you can follow me at Shante Sapphire. Um, you can also follow the, uh, the podcast at Pray, Plan, Slay Podcast. But of course, I'm more active on the at Shante Sapphire. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I'm sure Langray will be back because I will get her back <laughs> for another two to three part episode. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.